Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Morning, man. I'm wearing it. I see that. I'll shake it. I'll shake it for the audio. It's got that L chain on. You're only wearing that L chain because of a massive just choke fest at the end of last season. I mean, you were in the driver's seat the whole year. It's actually 2019 season. Oh, we didn't even do it last year. Yeah, we didn't do one last year. I mean, it was it was super choke job, though. Remember guaranteeing that you weren't going to lose? You Ruther cursed yourself. It was like a six game lead in the final couple weeks. Yeah. Just. The mother of all jokes. Yeah, man. That's why they play the game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, anything, you know, sports is, as you know, I, I don't, I don't know what to compare, like the emotional roller coaster of sports or as a sports fan, as a better, as, you know, you name it. Like, I don't know the volatility of anything else that I could compare in life. Like I'm being honest, like, like, like if you, if you're watching your team and you know, they're not a stable team like this, this, this is what I deal with, with the reds of when you have the, one of the worst bullpens and no lead is safe. You're constantly on eggshells. I mean, is there any part of you that like get, gets confidence in knowing that they're gonna fuck it up. Like for me, the Mets at this point at in the ninth inning, they have runners at scoring position down one every game. So every game they're down one and they got guys on and I'm just like, well, I'm not going to get excited about this. They're absolutely not going to get a hit and they never do. Yeah, no, there's definitely something to that. Like knowing. Because Tuesday they were up four, the Reds were up four to one after six innings. And then I went to shower and shave. And I came back and they're down five, four. And it's it's just like, dude, really? In the 15 minutes that I was in the bathroom. But you're right. You, you almost prepare yourself, but it doesn't always make it easier. Like, like that. That that quick change of emotions. Oh my god, I don't know, man. It's it's. I wouldn't change it. Like I love sports. I wouldn't did change. You stay it. Up, did you stay up? You you guys, the Reds are obviously battling the Padres for this wild card spot. I, did you stay up late and watch this Padres Dodgers game? No, obviously I know it was an epic game. Sadly, I was watching Hard Knocks too late. Oh, which, that put you to sleep. It did. I was basically dozing off, but we'll, we'll cover that later in the show. No, I didn't watch it, but it's good to see Padres lost again. So the Reds still hold that 
one game lead. This is, this is what I keep telling Reds fans. There's 30, I think 34, 35, 36 games left. I say, you got to just go 500 against good teams and 600 against the bad teams. And I think they'll take that spot from the Padres. So basically, those nine games left with the Pirates, they still have three with the Marlins, some more with the Cubs. Like the Reds have the easiest schedule left of anybody who's trying to vie for a playoff spot. Just go 500 against the good teams, 600 against uh, the bad, and good luck to the pot. I mean, the Padres, they have a, I, I've studied their schedule, spent way too much time on it. They have a really difficult schedule down the stretch because of that division. And like you all, what do you always say? You I'm just, just like smiling at like how you're how, like, this is literally exactly what I'm talking about. I'm like you should be prepping for the worst here, but you're like, this is all they got to do. Padres have a tough schedule. We got to do this. No, you're right. It's easier said than done. It's easier said to just say, Hey, of those, of those nine Pittsburgh games, go six and three, go seven yeah. and two. It's easier said than done. I'm actually going to go to Pittsburgh in two weeks with Cutter. Yeah, I love it. We're going to, it's just so close. You know, it's four and a half hours. It's crazy to me. Didn't you tell me you've never been to the city of Pittsburgh? Never been to Pittsburgh. That's so weird to me. Seems like it was a no brainer. I don't know COVID precautions and whatever, but I know there's a strip club. Oh, what club erotica? I think it might be called. I've never been, but I've heard great things about, uh, one particular Pittsburgh strip club. Mikey club, always tells me about it. Club Erotica. Look that up. I'm looking it up right now. The first story says. DA's office to meet with Club Erotica owner over parking lot mass shooting. Oh, boy. There you go. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> That's the first thing that pops up in Google. Two arrested in shooting that killed two injured three dear god this is what you're trying to send me i've never been but mikey is been and speaks very highly of it it's funny you say that. i i've been having the urge to go to a strip club lately well there you go and i'm, and I'm not the biggest strip club guy but it's just something about the scene there that i enjoy sometimes i enjoy people watching <laughs> something about the scene there is it the naked women, but it's it's dude. People are gonna call me on this. That that's great, but it's not even all about the naked women. Why I've enjoyed strip, like why I enjoy strip clubs. I I am, I'm definitely more of a people watcher than you. More of like a, I I like to just see kind of how things play out wherever I'm at. That's why I would do late night bike rides in Venice. I'm just I have a curious factor that I've always had. So like when I go to a place like this. I want to see what kind of guys are going on there. What are they getting to drink? Like the girls, the interactions. I'm basically doing like a science study with naked girls, which is cool. Don't get me wrong. But. And when are you supposed to go? When are you planning on going? It's a midweek series. Like I think 14th, 15th and 16th, maybe two games, maybe one game. So post L chain. Yeah. Post L chain. <sighs> That'd be great for you in the stadium and you in Club Erotica with the L chain on. Well, judging from these photos, I think uh, I might be a hit with this L chain. 
or 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 a cultural appropriation. I I, I don't know. I, I you know either I'd be a hit or I'd get hit with. I'd, there'd be a hit out on me if I went. I've heard it's a beautiful stadium though. Yeah, I've heard it's one of the best. Yeah, it's, it's high on my list of ones I want to visit. That's what they say, and uh, it's crazy to think that's about twenty years old. Yeah. Like these quote unquote new stadiums aren't the newest anymore. But they make the, the great thing of that that whole era of making, you know, new old style stadiums is that they're pretty classic and they can, you know, unless you're Atlanta, they could last, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. When was City Field built? Uh, I, th- I believe it opened in 2009. Okay. So it's a little newer. Yeah. I, I, I'll be curious to see how quickly they want to get rid of the ones built from like 2000 to 2010. Yeah. Because Seems a lot like of- they should stay, you know, that they, that they went with the great classic ode to, you know, old school style stadiums. It's like, when was Camden built now? Camden's got to be built in the early ni- 90s. I'm going to guess 92. Yeah. The early 90s, 93, 94. Because the All-Star game was there in what, 94? Yeah, it opened April 6, 1992. Wow, spot on. I've heard that's a beautiful park. I loved Camden. I haven't been there in forever. I haven't probably haven't been there since like 99 or something like that. But it was the first one. That was even before a bunch of people started jumping on the trend. Yeah. And it was just so great. I loved it. It's a shame. They just suck every year. Yeah. Same with the pirates. Like when, like the Orioles, they had a couple squads the last 10 years, but when's the last time you're like, man, the Orioles are going to compete for a world series. Mm, I no idea. Compete for a world series. It's been a while. Yeah. Especially in that division. Yeah. The, the Dodgers are playing good baseball, though, right now. Really good baseball. I think they're going to catch the Giants. They just, they just have so much firepower. Giants are playing, playing great as well. I saw some things that baseball could eventually eventually go to some sort of it wasn't even it was like it wasn't a salary cap but there was talk of if you exceeded a certain threshold of salary you, you know there'd be more taxes so well they're already speak. doing that so they already do that yeah they already do that but it, to me, it's crazy to just not have a salary cap. It's crazy to me to like, there's this, the simple fact of the matter is at some point, especially with the regional sports networks and all that stuff, it's like, we're not even talking about being good and drawing fans. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. pay to have a great team. That great team brings fans. That great team gets you playoff games. You make more money. It's like the majority of the money 
is made in these regional sports networks and these TV deals. And you're just never going to have a Pittsburgh Pirates get the same kind of money that an LA Dodgers are going to get from their TV deal. I mean, the Southland in LA, how many people does that encompass? You know, four, five cities of Pittsburgh. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy. So the idea that you can just go, Oh, whatever. And we don't give a shit. And we're just going to pay that tax. Like the, the winning factor, like the extra money you make selling out games and winning that's just all that pays for the fucking crossing that tax threshold. But the, but the actual bottom line of like, Oh, we don't have enough money in the bank to pay these guys. Well, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Chicago teams, like they're all going to have that money all the time. Yeah. And I'd also want to say to, to baseball fans in general, it's smaller markets like one where I'm at. You got to support your team, man. Like you do though. Like, like every little bit helps. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but if you're, if you're a guy who wants to root for your local team and you're a mid market or smaller market, you got to go to five games a year. You got to try to put money back in. And I also think that the, one of the big reasons I think that there should be a cap in baseball is like in football. Your like terrible decisions, terrible financial decisions should be punished. Yeah. It should have an effect on you. You know, the Yankees are a great example through the years. I mean, the Yankees have made so many terrible financial decisions and they don't care. They just press on and they just go, well, we'll double down. We can't be wrong twice in a row. So let's do this. Let's give this guy a bunch of money. Let's give this guy a bunch of money. Let's give this guy a bunch of money. And it's like in football, you make it, you give a quarterback a ton of money. You make Kirk cousins, the highest paid quarterback in football. Great. You're punished. Yeah. Well, it, it certainly levels the playing field for sure, because those mistakes show up when you can't get other players. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it, it really is pretty crazy that we're still discussing this. And I know it's part of the collective bargaining and the major league baseball players union has the most power of any union of the major sports. And it goes back to that. These guys, I mean, think, think about how, think about the NBA now and how people are talking about super teams and whatever. Think about the trading deadline in basketball. If contenders could just take stars from another team for half a year at no cost to them. Yeah. Like that they didn't have to, make it work salary wise that they didn't have to make it work with draft pick compensation. If they would just say, Hey, here's, you know, here's, you know, free agency, like room for you. You have this money, you have this money to spend now and we'll just take that money off your hands. Yeah. Oh, it would, it would just be two teams. It'd be Lakers. The Lakers would be like every year. It'd be Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. Just be the big markets competing. Well, you know where you do have a limited budget for your players and salary? Fantasy football, Joe, right? You can't just take all the best players. That's true. Right? Like, you you can't be the Yankees when you're playing fantasy football. And this year, I know we have 
diehard fantasy football players. This year, we're teaming up with our friends at FanDuel. And I have some great news for all the listeners, all the dirtballs out there. Your day is about to get 20% better because if you start playing fantasy this football season, FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. So that's a big time bonus. And all you need to do to claim is make your first deposit to get that 20% bonus. You can set up new lineups every day. There's many different types of formats, the main slate, the single game, best ball, snake draft. You can even play a private contest with your friends. And uh, I hope some of you guys didn't, uh, didn't make some of these picks and some of your drafts too early. Cause you see it in the NFL already in the preseason, the injuries happen. And uh, it's, it's never, uh, never smart. Like I always say to make the draft too early because of these things. And we're about to get to some of the, these injuries later in the show, but uh, experience season long, I'm sorry, experience season long wins without the season long weights sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. Once again, that's fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So I know the Dirtballs love their fantasy football. So take advantage of this great offer right now from FanDuel and uh, go to fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Okay. We have some college before we get to NFL and all that other stuff. Let's uh, let's talk a little college football because there Ooh. was there was a uh, I could have sworn I won the vote of never discussing college sports again, but I'm going I'll double I'll I'll play ball today and then I'll double check the uh, the votes. Well, that vote doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> I'm like, now, what? A- now we're like doing now. I, I heard the Pac-12 ACC and whatever. They're forming one thing. Bro, I know it's a mess. So, well, well, we, yeah, we can start off with that. So, so I, and I don't really understand. I don't think they understand it. The ACC big 10 and PAC 12 have formed an alignment, nothing contractually, but they're trying to move their chess pieces after what the ACC did, where eventually they'll schedule games and SEC did, right? Yeah. What did I say? ACC. Oh, sorry. SEC. So yeah, that, that happened this past week is that they met. And they're trying to, again, come together because there's power in numbers against the SEC who poached two of the teams from the Big 12. Now, the Big 12 was not invited to this meeting. They were left out. They were the uncool kid. They're stuck at home, eating their bagel bites. Everybody's like, play defense and then calls back. Yeah. So, you know, the, the future of college football is definitely it's in peril. Like, I don't want to say in peril. It's it's going to be changed forever. And uh, I'll be curious where this goes. But I'm like you. My interest wanes more and more as this happens. But the big news that I want to talk about, Joe, I mean, that happened. But the bigger news this week was that LSU, you know, Heart of the Deep South will require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID PCR test taken within 72 hours to attend any game in Tiger Stadium 
for anyone 12 or older. So proof of vaccination or a negative test within 72 hours, which to be honest, I'll be honest, that's kind of funny to me within 72, a lot can happen within 72 hours. That's three full days. But anyway, proof that you're vaccinated to attend the Tiger games. And this follows up some upset Tiger fans, which I saw from a few weeks ago that were not happy that Mike the Tiger, the actual Tiger mascot for LSU, has been fully vaccinated. Now, is this the Tiger? He's a literal Tiger or he's a Tiger guy? He's a guy in a Tiger suit. Little literal Tiger. Literal Tiger got the COVID vaccine. You got double dose. Mike the Tiger. Nice. I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe he just got one. I don't know. But Mike the Tiger has been vaccinated. Fans will be required to be vaccinated. And of course, this is a hot topic issue, especially in SEC country. And there's no other person that we would like to discuss this with than LSU's very own Ed Orgeron. Coach O has joined us today. He's actually been waiting the past 20 minutes. Being in a goddamn hold. <laughs> there he is. Like I don't like. I don't have things to do. Over here, we're on a, a Louisiana chain, keeping a head coach of Louisiana State University Tigers on hold for 20 minutes. Andy Ruther, how dare you, sir? Coach O, I, 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 well, first of all, I apologize for the wait, and I'm glad that you have been able to stay on the line this long. I, I know this is big news. You are in an area of the country that it's all right. I was, uh, I had you on speakerphone waiting for you to say my name, invite me into the show. I have been in my office personally giving out COVID vaccinations. <laughs> what? Wait, what? You're, I became a registered nurse this off season so that I could give COVID vaccinations to all of my team, all my mascots, fans and players as they come in, coaching staff. Now, I don't want to get all riled up and too too wrapped up in it. Uh, I'm a Jesus-loving man, so I don't necessarily believe in COVID. Not sure it's a real thing, but I'm doing what I got to do for my team. I'm asking my team to all do what they got to do for the team. I'm asking the fans to do what they got to do for the team. I'm asking the Tiger to do what he got to do for the team. And I got to say, I do every day. Here's what happens. Mike the Tiger sitting in my office. And what I say to the players when they come in, I say, Mike the Tiger over there, chained to the wall. (laughs) I'm going to give you this shot. And if you decline this shot, I'm going to unchain Mike from the wall and I'm going to leave this room and I'm going to lock you in. You better be prepared to fight a tiger if you're going to fight this shot. Wow. So you're giving the ultimatum to the players, get vaccinated. And they all come in here. You know, my I'm in the deep south, Andy Ruther. I got a lot of African-American players coming in here talking about Tuskegee experiments and uh, milk crate challenge and all this stuff. And I'm like, God, I don't know what any of this has to do with you being a good teammate. I don't know how COVID works. Vaccines work. I don't I mean, how you tell me you put a liquid in my arm 
and it turns into an army that fights off uh, a vaccine, uh, 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 a pandemic. I don't understand it. I barely understand the game of football. And I've been I've been studying that my whole life. But I got to tell you, all that matters to me is LSU above everything. Wow. So, yeah, it, well, it sounds like you're the definition of a team player, coach. You you want to ensure. You know what? Uh, athletic director came in to me the other day and he said, Coach O, Mike the Tiger took a shit on the floor. <laughs> I'm going to need you for the sake of the team to eat it. <laughs> what? And I said, you got it. Now, he was just he was just rising me. He's just harassing me because he knows I'm going to do whatever I got to do for the tax. But I was about to eat shit off the floor. Wow. Because I'm a team player. You really are, coach. Are you? Uh, are you I feeling- ain't worried about dying of no COVID. I get in the gym six days a week. All bench presses, no legs. <laughs> no back. No shoulders, just chest and biceps. So I know I'm strong, unless of course COVID attacks my legs, in which case I'm I'm, I'm pretty I, I I might I, it might hurt, but up upper respiratory area, that's that's your chest. That's where you could be infected is your upper respiratory system. So I just bang out bench presses. I'm gonna get strong. Where you trying to attack me? You trying to attack me on the edge with a lot of sweeps? Like the Alabama Crimson Tide do, I go out. I recruit me some defensive ends. I recruit me some outside linebackers. I recruit me some corners who can tackle. I recruit me some safeties who want to get up there in the line, get that nose all up there in a the tight end. You gonna attack the edge? I'm all. I'm gonna recruit the edge. You gonna try to go deep on me? I'm gonna get me some cornerbacks who gonna run backwards and catch a ball like a random moss. You're going to try to attack my upper respiratory system. I'm going to bench press every dang day. Suck my tiger chest. One last thing, coach. I know you got to get back to practice. What do you have to say to the diehard LSU football fans who don't want to get vaccinated? therefore can't attend the game who have problems with this new policy that your school has issued. Well, what, what words of advice do you want to give them? Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to rank the importance of fans, but if I did, those fans who attended the Louisiana state university and are alumni of this great institution would be on the top of my list. If you just some guy who ain't never finished high school, doesn't believe in science, doesn't want to come down here and, and, and argue that they put a, a chip in you. I looked in it. They gave me the COVID vaccine. I looked. I looked at the liquid they put in my... There well, ain't no chip in there. I looked. You think I didn't look? They said, they're going to put a chip in you. I said, let me see it. It was just liquid. No chips. No microchips. No potato chips. No nothing. I looked. I looked in the I looked at it. It was just liquid. I like look like look like that that juice. Give me that juice. I don't see no chip. 
And then they said the needle head like infinitesimally small. How are you even going to get a chip in there? I didn't even know what a chip might look like. So I threw my PC against the wall, looked inside, found a chip. I was like, oh, that ain't, that ain't, fitting, in no, that ain't fitting in no needle. And, and it's insanity. So listen, I am just asking Louisiana Tiger fans, Louisiana Tiger players, Louisiana Tiger Tigers, do what you got to do for the Louisiana Tigers. Be a part of this team. My least favorite word on planet Earth is protocol. Every time I hear the word protocol, somebody done fucked up and I got lost somebody for 10 days. They, or they broke protocol. I don't even know what protocol means. It's like a little area where you're inside like a police. He broke the protocol. I don't know what that means, but I know you break it. I fucking don't have you for practice. So do me a favor. Tiger fans, Tiger players, Tiger alum, Tiger staff. Tiger Tigers. Do follow the follow the, the precedent set by Tiger Tiger. Get yourself fully vaccinated, Coach O. Suck my double vaccinated Tiger dick. Wow, that was uh was quite the speech by Coach O. And by the way, just in case anybody needs to know, I got the Pfizer. I think it's so five you, eight, that's all right, if, coach. If you if you want to get one, I feel good. Chest feels strong. Upper respiratory area. I feel like clean as could be. I don't know about the the Jansen and Jansen or the modern one, but I got the Pfizer. Thanks, coach. We appreciate your time at Dirty Sports and good luck this 2021 season. I'm just hoping. That piece of shit, Nick Saban, don't, don't make it his play. I want, I'm, I'm hoping they get a protocol all up in there. I hope that they get a, they get a that rising tide of protocol. I hope that elephant ain't, ain't vaccinated. Can you imagine a fully vaccinated tiger attacking an unvaccinated elephant? Ain't got no chance. You know, they say if you're obese, you got a better chance of getting you. I mean, every elephant I ever seen obese. Every tiger I ever seen felt as shit. You ever seen a fat tiger? We don't, Mike the tiger don't even need to get vaccinated. He vaccinated. The crimson tide elephant. He, uh, he immunocompromised. With a BMI. He ain't vaccinated. Oh, this all year. This all year. Oh, Coach O, everybody. Thanks again. I don't yeah. even know what a Commodore is, so I don't know. Dude. Coach, I, I really think you got to get back to practice. At this point. I, I got to go. <laughs> I ain't got practice today. We just giving out shots. Come in here. I'll see Coach O. Get that old shot. Wow. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, we've had Coach O on the show the last few years, and that, that might have been one of my greatest interviews slash listening to Coach O because I like oh Coach. God. I like when Coach O comes on. I just get to sit back, yeah. sip a little water. Oh my God. I, I, I have tears in my eyes. I keep wiping my eyes. I have tears in my eyes when he talked about putting the potato chip in his arm 
or the battle of an unvaccinated elephant versus Mike the Tiger. I want to say this about Coach O, though. Through all his wild ramblings, there's always truth. I mean, let's be honest. The, the elephant is a big, fat animal. Yeah. Tigers are lean. Tigers are cut. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's always some truth in Coach O. And uh, good luck. I, I just looked up their, their 16th preseason. So 16th? They, the expectation is not as high this year. They had a really bad year last year. Wow. So uh, that might be better for them, right? Flying a little under the radar. Yeah. I uh, I want to mention this story real quick before we move on to the NFL. Because I just think it's so nuts. And I, and I read it. It's a detailed story. And to me, this is for sure something that's going to have to turn into a documentary. A former Miami football player was arrested for killing his teammate. And this has taken years to develop. Former Miami Hurricanes player Rashawn Jones. You. Yeah. Rashawn Jones arrested in the 2006 killing of teammate Brian Pata. Wow. And like, it's a, what makes this story really interesting and you can read about it on ESPN.com for anybody who wants to check it out. It was like your classic bad police work. It reminded me of like the OJ case in a way, like bad police work, all the leads pointed to this guy, but they didn't, officially arrest him he's been scot-free all these years espn is basically what got this to happen they do an investigation they are pressing espn investigates yeah they're pressing the miami-dade police department and what's crazy joe you can just imagine this guy i would have gotten away with it too for him for bob lee he's retired but yeah i know what you're saying you, you know what's you know what's crazy about all for this for that Pesky. <laughs> he killed his teammate and then showed up. Like, this is like in between practices, kind of, or later that day. He kills his teammate. He goes and he shoots his teammate and then goes to a team meeting that night. So I'm saying, like, this is a documentary. This is a movie. It's, it's Aaron Hernandez-esque if Aaron Hernandez actually killed one of his teammates. Yeah. Shows up to the meeting like nothing happened. Continues to play on the team after killing his teammate. Urban Meyer's like, when did he get paroled? Because, uh, you know, he's a he's an edge rusher. It's wild to me, man. It's it's I, I don't really have much else to say about it, but it's just crazy to think. All the records were indicating that. This guy, Brian Paddock, was the guy who killed him. But he never, again, was arrested, even though he was the lead suspect. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's to me, that's like a TV movie. It's nuts to think that that happened in 2006. In fact, who was on that? I wonder if... Was our legacy guy on the roster? <laughs> So some of the some of the big names on that 2006 roster God they were they actually went 7 and 6 
So they had a down year after a bunch of good years. Um, but Greg Olson was on that team. Who Seventh else? Floor crew. Calais Campbell. I'm just looking for big names. John Beeson, like guys who they had a lot of guys in the NFL still. But yeah, nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. And what yeah. was the killing over? Do we know? They had had beefs. Like they had had beefs uh, over over girl stuff. They had fights in practice. Um, so listen to this. Several of Pat's former Miami teammates offer mixed reactions to the news of Jones' arrest. Um, I'm sorry. I keep I, I messed it up. Pata was killed. Jones was the guy who killed him. I, I messed that up a few minutes ago. But uh, I love this from their coach, Larry Coker. It was really a, the former coach, right? This is what he told after the arrest. It was really a surprise. Like, dude, you were the coach. Like, you, you didn't know that there was some, some bad beef going on. Hug. Come get your Uncle Larry. <laughs> Yeah, it's I guess I guess the one dude was messing with the other dude's girl. And then they would have fights at practice. But again, like, where, how does it go from that to. You kill somebody like you killed your teammate. And then he uh, he was th- Jones was threatening him at practice, but like, you know, players didn't think he was going to kill him. Yeah. And he, and he leaves the team facility and. uh He killed him. I mean, it's it's like false alibi, like all this stuff. It, it, I don't know. It's just wild to me that like I, I see this stuff. And you think with forensics now, it's hard to get away with the crime. But then you see this and you're like, I guess what well, he did eventually a cop. But you're like, is it that hard? Yeah. It's a lot harder now. Cameras everywhere. Just wild to me. They would have had him walking in, walking out. Yeah, it's nuts. You want to uh, talk a little NFL? I do. Uh, before we transition into NFL, while we have a break between footballs, can I do a shout out? Yeah, for sure. Dirtball Tyler Emanuel. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, brah. Do you know how yeah. old? What's that? Looks, do you know how old he young. is? It looks like he's in his 20s. He's holding the fish in his Twitter Abbey, you know, looks, looks like a young guy. Birthday, man. Savor it Happy while you're birthday, young. Happy birthday, Tyler. Tyler Emanuel could have been like a wide receiver in the 80s. That's a great name, right? It's a good name. Kozar back to pass. He's got Emanuel open. Yeah. Touchdown, Tyler Emanuel. And on his birthday. Yeah, that's a good name. For sure. Well, Joe, today's NFL segment is brought to you by our friends, our friends at FanDuel once again. Wow. We just talked about FanDuel and now they're presenting the NFL segment. Yeah, they will be presenting that for a while. So dirt balls. I can't reiterate this enough. Start playing fantasy football this season and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit up to $500. 
Guys, if you want to support the show and you like fantasy football, this could not be a better situation to do both. So once again, experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at fanduel.com forward slash dirty to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's fanduel.com forward slash dirty. Once again, age and location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So if you like fantasy football, go to fanduel.com forward slash dirty, support us, and uh, we'll appreciate it. Okay. Two different NFL things I want to discuss personally. First of all, I I would love to have a little discussion about Jameis Winston and, and people who, in my opinion, are delusional based off preseason. Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that has been happening to NFL fans for Forever. decades. Yeah. The 0-16 Lions went 4-0 in the preseason. It's funny. And and here's another one. You know when the Colts won their title with Peyton Manning? Yeah. Didn't win a play. I um, didn't win a preseason game. They were 0-5. Now, that being said, uh the Falcon, sorry, it was the uh Saints Jags game. It was Monday night. I tuned in because it was Monday night. Nothing, not a whole lot happening. Wanted to get my first look at uh at Trevor Lawrence. Um, I've gotten I've gotten a couple of looks at the Saints this uh preseason. I have not I haven't had a live look at Trevor Lawrence, watched a little bit of him. Jameis looked good. Jameis sure. looked great. But you know, what does that mean? I mean, does it mean something to the Saints and Saints fans? Sure. What it means is Jameis is going to be your starter. And honestly, Jameis probably deserves to be your starter based on his career and yeah. versus Taysom Hill. Also, and I've seen people say this, you know, they paid Taysom Hill and they paid Jameis. So you can only start one at quarterback. The idea that you're going to start Taysom Hill at quarterback and just pay Jameis to sit the bench when you can start Jameis Winston at quarterback and pay Taysom Hill to play in other roles seems way more reasonable. But also, I think Jameis is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. That being said, going 10 of 11 in the preseason game, what does it fucking mean? Well, first of all, you're playing against the Jaguars. Yeah, I love how no one mentioned that. Yeah. Like, like no one mentioned they're playing against a team whose current over-under is six wins. And by the way, the, the uh, issue with Jameis has never been his arm, his explosiveness, his athleticism, any of that stuff. It's the terrible decision-making. The lack of holding on to the football, the general, you know, craziness yeah. of some of his decisions. He threw 11 passes in the game. He has games, he'll have games where he throws 50 passes. He could have games where he throws 50 passes, throws four picks, throws three uh, pick sixes, and in that game, have a stretch where he goes 10 of 11 for 93 yards and two touchdowns. Like, 
the the idea that you're going to judge Jameis Winston at all on a small sample size when you have a large sample size that says he cannot protect the football. I mean, listen, I'm rooting for Jameis to be the starting quarterback of the Saints. I'm rooting for Jameis to be the starting quarterback of the Saints at least through the first week of October when I'm down there watching the Giants at Saints. Tickets available for my comedy shows in New Orleans and all my social media bios. But like the idea that people are getting turned on like Jameis for MVP. You're well, as delusional as a guy who wrote a fucking 400 page book about him. Yeah. And, and, and I think he deserves to be the starter as well. But we have five years, five years, five years of evidence in this guy. Who, who are these people who forgot all those years? And I would counter that argument. You, I've always, and I've said this, if you go back a few years, I say, you know, enough about a QB after five years in the NFL that that's that, I almost think you sometimes need that much time for a high draft pick. Cause they go to bad teams, but look at how many guys who've been drafted in the top 15 have done so much more in five years to dumpster organizations like Josh Allen. Andy, Andy look at, look at the people on the internet who are turned for mellow on the Lakers. Look at the people on the internet who were turned for tight end Tim Tebow. This is all the reasons I say we should stop talking college football. That there is nothing more delusional than these weirdo fans that fall in love with some guy that had two years of college experience and then went to the NFL. It's the NFL or the NBA or whatever. It's not the fucking same. Well, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's more of Saints fans now holding on and thinking there's going to be this big turnaround. And, and by the way, there could be. Dude, he could have a great year. But I don't even think it's Saints fans. I think it's Jameis stands that makes just, the noise. It's 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 a weird take because you have five years of evidence, and like you said, I mean, I mean, he's he can have stretches where he's great, but overall, good luck in that system, dude. Good luck. Let's not forget in Tampa Bay. Look at the receivers he was throwing the ball to, and he laughed and immediately won the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. They immediately went four and more. Right- been, here's the thing. They've been a, the Saints have been a playoff team year in and year out for how long? I mean, or do we could- think, do we think the Saints win the AFC South or the NFC South? I don't, not with him as their quarterback. I wouldn't bet on it. I'm betting against him. I'm excited to see how he plays. Uh, again, I, like like he might have great stretches or a great couple games. When it matters, I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. Why would you? How could you? And 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 history would indicate he's not going to fully turn it around. The precedent from other quarterbacks, again, who've had five years in, who are these guys who suddenly just stop turning the ball over? Who are they? Just, 
just a just Andy, I'm just gonna ask you a question now, and I want you to answer it. Can like answer it that your answer will be judged in a reasonable manner, not like he who shall not be named, where you, tw- we're gonna twist and turn the situations to fit how we want. Does Jameis Winston start or finish like complete entire games this year? All of them, unless he gets injured. Do you think at any point this year, Jameis Winston is removed from the starting job or removed from a game in favor of Taysom Hill because of performance? Yeah, so 17 games. I would put my money on that. Me too. And he's one of those guys, when he gets in a funk, he he can't come out of it. They always talk about the short-term memory loss for good quarterbacks. They throw a bad pick. They forget about it. They go back out there. They lead a drive. Not him. When he goes down that, that dark place, like a drug addict right when they go down that dark place it's heroin for days I mean, how many pick sixes did he have or pick or or just picks on opening drives yeah and- I, I mean i i I've, i remember in the last couple of years a dozen times where it's like Jameis has been picked before the fucking game i'm watching has started yeah which then puts your defense in a bad hole and then your defense starts resenting you it just creates bad vibes with the team. Look, he's got, I think Peyton's a really great coach. So he's got a, a good offensive coach. It's going to help him. He did have Arians, who's also a good offensive coach. But I don't think he starts all 17 games. We'll see. They're over under nine and a half wins. I just looked it up. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about nine and a half. Probably right in that number, but but again, what it, what does that tell? Any like I know Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, but it's uh, they're already setting the bar so much lower. Yeah, the minute James comes, he's in. definitely not Drew Brees. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how he plays. And against the Jags, come on. That was a tough one for the Jags. They lost uh, their running back. Is it Travis Eddie Ean? Is that how it's pronounced? Etienne. Etienne. Eddie Ean. Like Medellin. Etienne. That's a tough loss for them, I think. I like that yeah. draft pick. He didn't even play in the game, right? Or did he? I don't even think he got hurt in that game. People kept being like, where is he? Where is he? But he might have been hurt prior to that and then. I don't know. I didn't watch the whole game. Probably but, off of the season. Yeah. Sucks. So Jags are over under six wins. And then I saw this. <laughs> under. Hard under. I agree. And then I saw this, which classic. I have, a, I, have an, I have a question for you. Yeah. And maybe I've asked this before. More Jags wins this year or more full seasons with urban Myers coach more Jags wins this year more Jags wins this year 
So what are you what are you basing that number? You think they win what four games and he doesn't yeah. make it four seasons? Yeah. I don't think he makes it four seasons. I think they win at least four. I games. think three is the number, right? Three wins, three seasons. I just Does, think. Do they go over three wins? Does he go over three seasons? Well, the, they're over under six. Yeah. I think I think they win three games. They won one game last year. Well, they lost the last fifteen. They they beat the Colts in week one. They got Trevor Lawrence. That'll help. They're getting a uh, a new football training facility. I saw on the Athletic, which cracks me up. They're getting they're getting a hundred and twenty million dollar facility, but this this is my favorite part of it. It's classic NFL. Jags are getting a new indoor outdoor football training facility for one hundred twenty million dollars. The Jacksonville City Council unanimously approved sixty million of that would be public money. The other sixty million will be from the owner, who is worth seven point nine billion dollars. I mean, it's unbelievable. It 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 really like. And then they'll say that you have to be vaccinated to come to the stadium. And people will be like, keep your politics out of my football. I just, I just like, I don't know. Like the idea of a 7.9 billionaire, like you're just a dick, dude. And I get it. That's how most people become billionaires. But you're just a dick, dude. You're using $60 million of the city. Just pay for it. You're already making the money back. It's it's basically you got to spend money to make money. You're already making it back by the value of your franchise continuing to go up every single year. Just pay for the damn thing on your own, jackass. It's unbelievable, but that would also indicate they're gonna they're staying there. They're gonna put 120 million dollars just into a practice facility. They're gonna stick around. Duval. Wait, what? I mean. That's their whole thing. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Is it the county or some shit that they're in? Um, you know, I mean, listen, I think that they smartly have to um, invest when they can. I mean, they have Robinson and Hearns, the best wide receiver duo in the league. <laughs> Swingman underscore nine. Was that his name? Yeah. And Raymond Assey. The best wide receiver duo in the league. Raymond and Hearns didn't even last a, or fucking. What was it? Uh, Robinson and Hearns didn't even last as long as fucking. It didn't last long. I, I don't even know. I was going to I was going to try to reference that shitty and detective show that was on. But I can't even remember it. I don't I don't know that. Well, I'll actually, along with the Jameis situation, I'll be I'll be curious and I'll be definitely watching the Jags with Urban Meyer. Cause he's not exactly a spring chicken either. Like, like he's starting in the NFL in his 60s late. And by all accounts, I would say his start's been very rocky, the decisions he's been making with that team. I dude, I, I saw I saw the uh the memes after the uh 
the running back injury and I couldn't stop laughing. Dude, people are just already doing, you know, the memes where he's on the sideline, like holding his face and his head, like he's got a health issue. Yeah. So I watched the third episode of Hard Knocks. It's so bad. I couldn't. I it's tried so to bad. I tried I tried to get up for it. I couldn't. I'm all in on the ultimate surfer, the ABC show at Kelly Slater's Wave Park. Uh I watched I watched an episode of that last night. I was like, am I gonna watch the ultimate surfer or am I gonna watch hard knocks? And I was like, it's not even a question of what I'm more interested in. Hard yeah. knocks, this hard knocks is boring. I fi- I finally <sighs> fi- to gear up for trying to watch the third episode, because I, I think the last time we did a Thursday show, I had watched 40 minutes of the second episode. So I watched the last 20 minutes, try to get myself up. And then I was like, oh, I couldn't care less about this. So bad, man. It's so bad. They're, they were in the third episode. A storyline is the undrafted. Rookie running back is having issues with his contact lenses and then goes to goggles. That was a good five to seven minutes of the episode. So basically 10 to 12% of the episode is a guy messing with contact lenses and his switch and him talking about how he wore goggles in college. I'm like, this is a storyline. Contact lens are a storyline. This is like, you- like, what are we doing about the guy whose contact fuck lens and his goggles fuck fogging? You're like, why? You have a nervous tick or do you just not know how to swear? Yeah, it was bad, man. And then they opened the episode. Well, they actually, I'll, I'll give them this. They had a cool drone shot. I did see that. I saw that on Twitter. That was cool. The opening minutes was cool. And then you see this, you know, ridiculous. I didn't realize they had just, it's, 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 a, it's like their own city basically the Cowboys have and in Frisco, Texas. And then it goes to Jerry Jones. And here's my, here's my issue with like the editing and how they're doing this and how they're pushing Jerry Jones and the, and the, and the Cowboys fans are cheering Jerry at the practice indoor practice facility. If you're a Cowboys fan, I would hate Jerry Jones. If you're, if you're a 2021 Cowboys fan, why do you like Jerry Jones? This is this blows my mind. Is he great for building a cool facility for the fans? Yeah. Is he cool for maybe those things? But none of that shit matters. None of it. It's what do you do on the field? And I started thinking about that. I would I would honestly say like the number one thing to dislike about Jerry Jones is the fact that he's a GM. Like, bro, if you haven't done shit in however long, like just turn over the GM duties to somebody else like that. That would be me. That would be like the biggest step one thing because the giving yourself a great facility and all that stuff, that's what the owner's supposed to do. And the owner's also supposed to hire somebody that can put a good team on the field. Instead, the owner hired himself and hasn't put a good team on the field in 20 years. And that's my thing as, as they show you this, I mean, it's a, it's a state of the art facility. I mean, it's amazing. And obviously we've been to, AT&T stadium ourselves. And that's a whole different facility, but none of that matters. Like you said, the product on the field, you can give me all the bells and whistles of something. How does it perform? 
You might have the coolest looking computer. If it always freezes, what's the point? And that's basically what the Cowboys are. So these, these, these like if you're a Cowboys fan, I would hate this. They have not made, not just the Super Bowl. Think about this. The Cowboys have not made an NFC championship game in 26 years. A quarter of a century. I would hate him as my owner. I'd love him as my owner. I'd hate him as my GM. <laughs> but but he's the same. Yeah. Right. Like, cool. You make a lot of money. You get the cool endorsements. You get the cool sponsorships. That's that's all great. That doesn't. I'm eat- a huge Jerry Jones fan. I'm a huge. I'm in favor of Jerry Jones being the GM. I think Jerry Jones should also be the head coach. I think Jerry, like I, as a Giants guy, Jerry Jones forever. But like the editing they did, Joe, they're, they're showing in the opening 10 minutes, they're showing you know, him holding up Lombardi from those Super Bowl teams in the 90s. They're showing the swag of a younger Jerry Jones in the 90s. And I'm watching this thinking, you, got, you guys are purposely propping him up, HBO. Oh, I mean, they do that. This Hard Knocks does this every year. I mean, the amount of times we've had over the years from your Bengals to the fucking Jets to the whatever, people get hyped because Hard Knocks no, is going to show you the best light ever. I get it, but in my head, I'm thinking you're showing highlights of a younger, vibrant Jerry Jones winning Super Bowl titles. In the back of my head, I'm thinking of a beer-gutted, old, skeleton-looking man putting salt on his McRiddle. Yeah, that's that's one of the most reckless things I've ever seen on television. That's what I'm thinking. Who needs more salt on their McRiddle? Yeah. A McGriddle, that sausage is essentially just rock salt. salt. Yeah. Pressed together into a patty shape and painted brown. You're just eating a salt patty. You're adding salt. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I don't like when the uh, sweetness of the p- p- pancake. You're like, all right, Jerry. I was never a McGriddle guy, by the way. No. I would just go with like the sausage biscuit. biscuit. Yeah. Which is pretty dry though, too. Yeah, a little sauce on that. I don't know. We didn't even, by the way, we didn't even talk. I'll just mention it briefly. We didn't even talk about the video of the McDonald's ice cream machine. Oh, yeah. That was great. Was that a dirt ball who tagged us in that? I don't think so. We put up something, or was that just a stranger? There was a half hour video that explained like, dude, a half hour, like investigative journalist piece on like YouTube. why the McDonald's uh, ice cream machine. I mean, it's wild. So I tweeted out because McDonald's. So McDonald's has been I, I want to word I want to word this correctly, not McDonald's. Who's been sued? The company that makes. Kobe that makes the ice cream machine. The company that makes the ice cream machine. Taylor or something like that. Has been sued. So I tweeted that out on Dirty Sports. So the McFlurry machine company. Has well, it's been the ice cream company. The ice cream machine. Yeah. Yeah. Which ice cream machine. Make, which they make the flurries in and everything else. Has been sued. And uh, 
this guy who's got a big YouTube following this guy. Uh, Do you have the name of the video? Yeah, I'm pulling up right now. So Johnny it's- Harris, Johnny Harris made this video. It's called the real reason McDonald's ice cream machines are always broken. It's, it's awesome. It's aw- It's like 30 minutes, but it's worth your time. Yeah. So the gist of it, you should watch it. But the gist of it is that this this ice cream machine company, 25 percent of their lit of their profits in their whole company is people coming out to service your machine. And because that's a consistent thing, doesn't matter how, you know, you can only sell so many. Right. But yeah. once you sell them, you you need somebody to serve them. So essentially, these machines have like panels and buttons that are like impossible to understand, especially for like a 16 year old kid doing a fucking minimum wage job. Yeah. So it's literally all set up. The whole process is set up so that you have to call somebody to come and service it. So McDonald's is in this long standing like kickback program where they have these machines, they get fucked up, they pay somebody, but McDonald's doesn't have to pay them. The franchise owner has to pay them. Yeah. And it's the same machines that are at In-N-Out and Wendy's and whatever, but only McDonald's obviously clearly has some sort of kickback deal. Yeah. So they don't let people service them. To me, that's the crazy part. So the same exact machines from Taylor are at Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, and he even investigates the frosty machine, which is basically the same equivalent at Wendy's never goes down, but there's some backend deal where McDonald's corporate says that every franchisee who owns each McDonald's has to use their product. And again, when it goes down, only the people from that company can fix it. And I guess all the technology is all old too. Yeah. And like, it's not just old. It's, it's like purposely misleading. Yeah. Cryptic so that you can't figure out what's going wrong. So the company that's suing them is this company that created this thing. where like it out. Your smartphone will literally tell you what is wrong with the machine. Yeah. Like, Oh, you overfilled it. Oh, you fucking didn't use enough of this. Oh, it's not long. Like blah, 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 blah. It'll tell you. And the and Taylor sued them to stop because when McDonald's found that out that people were using this technology, they made it, they put in their their contract saying this other this Taylor now has their developed their own technology and you have to use that, even though it's still cryptic. It's literally just a kick big kickback process. It's wild. Again, you got to watch this. It's called the real reason McDonald's ice cream machines are always broken. And it's made by Johnny Harris, who has a huge YouTube channel. I see he has over 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. And like we said, it's it's worth the watch. It's over 30 minutes. Because we had people calling in. Remember when we first talked about this? Being like, I work at McDonald's and here's what happens. The machine's not broken. It's cleaning. And they explained all that in the video, which is they clean it overnight. But half the time they come in in the morning and they're like, the cleaning didn't work. You got to clean it again. And they're like, what the fuck? But it doesn't tell you why it didn't work. It doesn't tell you what you did wrong. Yeah. So then you spend the whole day restarting the machine and then be like, oh, it didn't work again. Restarting the machine. 
So this fucking technology tells you, here's why it didn't work. Do this instead. And yeah. I was so, like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. So basically, if you ever order a milkshake or a McFlurry, don't be mad at the people working. Yeah. It's not their fault. I mean, this thing is wild. This thing, to be honest, should be the main headline in our country right now. Yeah. I don't care what's going on. This should be the main headline. There's enough McDonald's franchises. People need to be made aware. It's funny because, you know, it's such like a big business corporate fuckery thing. Like the customer suffers, the server who's getting yelled at by people suffer. The franchise owner suffers. The only people that profit off of this are the company that makes the fucking machine and McDonald's, the corporation who gets a kickback from that company. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild. Let's check that out. You, you know, a company that, uh, doesn't have those problems. Miller Lite. You like that little segue? Yeah. Miller Lite. They're very, they're very forward facing with their, you know, corporate issues. There are none. They make a delicious Pilsner. You should try it. Yeah, exactly. Better if it's cold, you know, put it in the fridge for a while, drink it, enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You've never been somewhere and been like, Oh, sorry. The Miller machine's broken. No. All the other machines work. Just the Miller one's broken. Miller's like, no way. Yeah. Exactly. Great taste and only 96 calories. Miller Lite is brewed with beer lovers in mind. Guys, they've been making this amazing light beer since 1975. They have the longevity and they've proven the best light beer out there. So next time, the original light beer. Yeah, the original light beer. The OG. I mean, the, idea, the idea that we're talking about light beer is like, oh, you made you made a version of what Miller Lite created. Yeah, I ain't trying to have the pretender. Yeah, I'm trying exactly. to have the original. The OG. And by the way, their social Knock media off light beer. Their social media. Did you see their their OnlyFans dig the other day? No, bro. Miller yeah, the social media guy stepped up his game lately. Miller Lite is coming out strong on social. You, you should follow their Twitter. So uh, only fans tweeted yesterday. You know, thank you for everyone making your voices heard. We've secured assurances, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're basically going back to where you can do adult, adult content. Miller Lite quote tweeted that and said, we were toying around with the idea of removing beer from our cans, but you know, that'd be crazy. Shots fired. Shots fired. Love it. That's funny. So dirtball. And, and, and can I also say, yeah. you know, in addition to how great their beer is, they have stepped up their merch game too. Yeah. Their merch game is legit, dude. I'm wearing a shirt right now. Yeah. That tie dye shirt. I wear, I wear that. I wear that waterproof hat every day when I go swimming now. I got exactly. I have a I have a Miller like golf towel. They're selling golf balls on their thing now. I'm gonna have to get a couple Miller like golf balls. Oh, it's so good. And it just makes me thirsty every time I look at my Miller merch. I'm like, ooh, you get me a Miller light. So next time you're getting ready to enjoy some cold ones with your crew, go to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports to find the delivery options near you. 
or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Okay. I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm going to shout out somebody pretty Keenan Soto tweeted us from the, the Astros game the other day with a Miller Lite tall boy, a cold ass Miller Lite on a hot ass Texas night. And I felt like I could taste it. I could taste it when I looked at that picture. I remember drinking a Miller Lite in that stadium on that side of the field. Oh, I could taste that Miller Lite. I love it when our fans tweet at us pictures of us of them drinking Miller Lights, especially at baseball games. That's it's right. Just, it's like forget apple pie. That's the most American thing that's ever happened. A Miller Lite at a baseball game. Well, speaking of our fans, you want to hear from them? Yeah. All right. We, you know, we have a lot of people chiming in about this bet here. here, Here's a possible amendment to the football bet. Okay. Joseph, Andrew, it's Mickey D your number one. uh, I guess I'll go with Blackhawk pilot dirt ball. Wow. So for your bet, what are the two worst things about amusement parks, the line and the food? So here's what you got to do. You have to wait in line for the roller coasters, get to the end, and then not get on the ride, but instead go down and eat, I don't know, a bowl of chili or something. So you have to do the shitty part, which is waiting in line, no enjoyment because you don't get to actually ride the ride. And I think that should uh, make about a day in Ikea about even. All right, let me know what you guys think. Condoms are for grown men who... Don't give foul balls or balls that are tossed to them by players to young children. 100% Peace out, guys. 100% agree. Yeah, that's a good condoms are for. Okay, so we talked about this before the show. I love, I like this in theory. Again, I'm glad we still have two weeks from today to sort this out because I like this in theory. What he's saying is like, you shouldn't get the enjoyment of riding the ride. Now, the problem with this is it cuts into the other layer of this bet originally, which was if you eat a bunch of conies and you ride a bunch of roller coasters, you will probably vomit, which is really what we're all here for. We're all here for you vomiting, preferably while on a coaster, hitting people behind you with shrapnel. <laughs> Getting kicked out. Just just, just you going down, you know, Orion or whatever it is, and then some lady behind you gets hit with half digested cheese conies. Oh, and, and the thing also is again, it's not just like, Oh, it's a four way. It's not just the coasters. Like even just uh, like, I don't know. I don't know how you are with rides. Some, sometimes the coasters don't, sometimes the non coasters make me and ones that you wouldn't think like you brought up. Yeah. We talked about that. Make me more, but I also feel like if I had eight cheese conies in me, just about everything's going to make me want to vomit. Like when I go on the pirate ship, that makes me queasy without food. The roller coasters don't really make me queasy. So, but if I had a couple of cheese conies and I'm going back and forth up that thing, there's a good chance it's not sitting right. I mean, you have a few things. If I eat the food, I could either vomit or shit myself. Either way, that's a, a win, I think, for the show. And for you, 
but I know what he's saying. Like that would yeah. suck. You wait yeah. for two hours and yeah. then you go to the back of the line and then you got to eat, you know, a grilled cheese sandwich or something, whatever it is. But I, I think, I think we're pretty much there. Speaking of coasters, I mean, Prano, the Nervals are fully embracing it uh, and I'm here for it. Here, here's a call for you about a coaster. Okay. Hey boys, this is Preston, and um, I actually uh, was message- messaging Andy on Twitter about uh, Kings Island and uh, Halloween Haunt. Um, but Joe, I know you want to hate on the coasters, but just hear me out for a second. So I don't know if you guys knew this. I, assu- I-, I assume Andy knows because he grew up in Cincinnati, but Kings Island used to be owned by Paramount. So all of their coasters were Paramount uh, movie-themed. And one of the reasons, and the, the ride has not aged well. It's now known as the Bat. Um, but I loved Kings Island because of that ride. And it was because that ride used to be called Top Gun. And like I said, today, it's it's maybe not aged too great. But when I was a kid, that, that ride was amazing. And so... Um, that's, that's honestly one of the biggest reasons I love King, King's Island. Um, so I just, I, I want to hear what you think. And, um, I think that gives me a pass just saying, uh, anyway, uh, stay dirty. Yeah. So, so the top gun ride, I'll be honest. It's not, it, I didn't think it was that cool back then. So Paramount pictures own, they got an amusement park game for a minute and I don't know, like yeah. I don't have many years. So yeah, all the rides, when that one came out, when I was in eighth grade, the Top Gun ride, and it was an extending, it was one of the first ever, like, what, what do you call it, where you're hanging down, but like your feet aren't hanging, you're still, anyway, whatever, it, 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 it's, it's a fun ride, and of right. course, they're, they're playing off Top Gun and all that. By the way, I have not hated on the coasters. <laughs> I enjoy a good roller coaster. I've hated on Andy being a season pass holder at 39 years old and making multiple visits to Kings Island in one year. Like, I don't mind. I don't mind an amusement park. I don't mind a good roller coaster. It's just, you know, for a guy who, I mean, literally assaulted verbally twerks with wolves for being a season pass holder at an amusement park. I just, it's just amazing. I've, I've made my art, my, I've made my case there. I mean, I, I, I feel oh, like oh, we're, oh, I feel oh. like we're days away from you drinking a white claw while you ride the coasters. Hold on. I've made my case there though. Again, my, my argument to that was there's a lot more to do in Southern California than like here. So like in LA, I just, the amount of times I just went to the beach or whatever it's like what, what am i saying, doing are you saying the quality of life is higher? well it depends on your version of quality of life yeah you, you know i'm just saying there's there's only so much i can do now was i a little too harsh on twerks probably yeah i can also admit that both things can exist probably overdid it by the way congrats to twerks who is currently engaged so congrats to aaron and mrs twerks I hope to God they get married wearing Mickey Mouse ears. 
<laughs> at a Disneyland. I really hope that happens. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty hard on the kid. But uh, he's growing up. He's going to have a little twerks. Yeah. He's going to have a little wolf. He's yeah. Have a, twerk, a, a, a twerk with wolves cub. Here's a call for you. Okay. These are always interesting. Yo, it's Ray, North Jersey. Hypothetical. Joe Prano got in a little bit of trouble with the mafia. To save his family, he has two choices. Choice number one, never do stand-up comedy again. Choice number two, he can do stand-up comedy, but only wearing, A, a Derek Jeter jersey, B, a Chase Utley jersey, Phillies or Dodgers, and C, a Carmelo Anthony jersey. Those are the only ways he could do stand-up comedy again. Or the family's in trouble. I'll hang up and listen. I like this hypothetical. The only problem with this hypothetical is that I'd I'd happily stop doing stand-up comedy today. (laughs) I don't need to do stand-up comedy. Like I I feel like it's a means to an end at this point. I've got a got a pretty serious gap in my LinkedIn resume. But like, I've never been one of those guys who's just like turned to be a stand-up comic. Like I didn't grow up wanting to be a stand-up comic. I still kind of don't want to be a stand-up comic. I certainly don't want to be a stand-up comic wearing the Jersey of one of the players I hate. I couldn't, I would rather figure out a different career than have people think that I'm a fan of any of those people. Either that, or I'd wear like a, I'd wear like a Derek Jeter jersey and do like a dice clay thing where I'm just like a character that is aggressively douche guy. It's a really interesting scenario. Don't you hate it when you leave the Yankee game and your girl's so fucking drunk she won't let you finger her on the four train? Oh! I like this character. Don't you hate it when you fucking you get one of the best players in baseball, but he's also a fucking shortstop. So you don't know what to do. So you got to let a less fucking good shortstop keep playing shortstop because you don't want him to get upset that a better shortstop plays shortstop. Oh, come on. (laughs) Fucking de Blasio. Am I right? Dude, that could be a market. All those Jeter fans, all those Yankee fans. It could be a whole market right there. Fine-tune that audience, right? Yeah. Okay, we have a paid call next from Reed. Reed? He, he He's the number one paid call dirtball. He knows what to do. He knows pay, moves to the front of the line. What's up, Dirty Sports? It's your number one Yellow County Dirtball Reed checking in from Monterey. Uh, I just wanted to call in about a few things I've heard last episode. First off, Michael Majid's call was fantastic. I thought Andy was hyping it up in the beginning, but after listening, I had to agree. Uh, probably top five Dirtball call of all time. Majid. Uh, next, you guys were talking about the Mouse in the Palace documentary. I haven't seen it, but... I did listen to an interview um, on the All the Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson with Ron Artest, and so they get a lot deeper into some of that stuff. So if you guys are interested in it um, or or whatever, that might be uh, a podcast 
episode that's worthy of your time. Um, but a big reason why I wanted to call is you guys were talking about Chargers fans and how there's probably like six left. I am one of those six, surprisingly. Um, I've spent my whole life in Sacramento or in the nearby areas, but my father is from San Diego, and so that's where I got my fandom. Um, and also why I kept it when they left San Diego, because I never really had an attachment to the San Diego part of the Chargers. And so for me, it was just moving closer to home, frankly. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly don't know what the Chargers are going to do for fans because I'm only a fan because of legacy. It's about legacy, yo. but I don't, I, you're right. I mean, I'm sure the stadium's cool and everything, but I just don't know what they're going to do. And I'm kind of curious to see where the franchise ends up. So I'm just curious. In five years, do you guys think the Chargers will be in LA? Uh, love to hear your thoughts. Love the, love the show. Stay safe. Later, guys. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But I just think they're just going to be the away team fucking yeah. thing. But the, the other thing is the chargers can build a fan base here. The way the nets built a fan base in Brooklyn, which is it's a transplant city. Be good. People who come here will have to pick a team. They'll pick the good team. Be good. Be yeah. good. That's going to be the number one way. For them to get fans and, and, and they're good. You know, they're, be they're the, be the hip team. They're so much more valuable from a monetary perspective. Now that they're in Los Angeles, you know, the value just goes up that much more. I mean, the Rams were bottom tier value. Now they're, you know, top five valued team in the NFL. So they're not going anywhere. They've, they've made their bed and, they're going to be in LA. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think if they're good, they can do that. But they, they like they have to be good, and they're in division with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So it, it, it's going to be tough. But if they can start making deep playoff runs or possibly winning division, you know, I have a chance. But yeah, for the next three years, for sure, three or four years. It's it's going to be more than fifty percent opposing teams fans. Okay, let's finish. Uh, let's finish up with this call. Hey, Dairy Sports. This is McKay from Houston, Texas. Gr Smith is going to college at North Carolina AT. I was just wondering what athletes who didn't go to college should go to college and what should their major be condoms are for uh, rob manfred stay dirty i love this can i can i can i do another one sure guys who went to college or we should say what they should have studied yeah there's only so many guys i think uh I'll start off, and then you can hop in. I'll start off with two. I'll say Kirk Cousins and Cole Beasley should study some sort of uh, medicine or... They went to college. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, Can we say uh, guys who went to college or what they should have studied? Yeah. So I'll start off with those two who went, but maybe they should have studied something with medicine, biology. Shots fired at the anti-vaxxers, huh? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying maybe something that they could study. 
I mean, this, I got to say, I kind of love, I kind of love that this is going on in the NFL right now. Like I, I like, you know, one, one good thing about, well, and I'll get back to, you know, McKay's point in a minute, but one thing I, one part of the pandemic that I've loved is like people got locked down and then everybody got real, like, I feel like the people, the amount of people that expose themselves on social media, I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I've been like kind of friends with you for a long time. And I didn't know you were a fucking idiot. Like I like it when people expose themselves. Well, and I would argue that's, you know, my thing is like, they want, they want a vision. Like, like media politicians, like it's just such a, I don't know. Like, like I almost come at it from a different perspective. Like, like I was on the phone with my aunt last night and she said, she made a comment. She's like, God, if everybody would just get vaccine, we'd be over this. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm, I, this is just my viewpoint. I, I said, I said, I'm more annoyed, more annoyed that all these things have turned political and that like politicians have embraced it from the right and the left and from the media, I was like, to me, that's the problem. It's like, these really aren't, they shouldn't be, in my opinion, political issues. Health things. Of course they shouldn't. But here's the thing. Like, with when we're talking about the vaccine, it's kind of not. It's kind of like Trump's vaccinated. Trump's telling people to get vaccinated. Every fucking right-wing pundits vaccinated. They're all vaccinated. The only people who aren't vaccinated are the people who are conspiracy theorists or dumb. You, like, you can complain all you want about, well, uh, Mike Vrabel was vaccinated, but he got it anyway. Vaccine don't, doesn't work. You know how you know it does? The Atlanta Falcons have not been featured in the COVID protocol list in two full weeks since they've been 100% vaccinated. Like Atlanta might end up winning that division based on the fact that they are 100% vaccinated. If suddenly Jameis Winston isn't the quarterback of the Saints and they've got to run the fucking wishbone and, you know, whatever happens, like, they're not appearing in it anymore. They're 100% vaccinated. They're not doing it anymore. And it's like, oh, Cole Beasley, this. Cole Beasley's out because he fucking blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, bro. Because some asshole on your team, you might not have it, but you were in close contact with some asshole who did. Well, we go back to go back to Coach O, and I go back to my whole thing on this. When we're talking about it in the context of sports, forget all of this nonsense. You're just a bad teammate. You're just a bad teammate. Yeah. Well. Well. You, you know. Like I said, though, I think it. It. It, it just. Ha- it's just become such a divide, and it's like, it's. It's. I'm. I'm. I'm personally just exhausted. Um. I was obviously I was taking a dig, a, a joke dig at those guys, and but also a truthful dig. I just. I'm. I'm like exhausted from all of it. Like. I'm just like, whatever, like, dude, you don't want to get the shot. Don't get the shot. You like, but like everybody, like, it's just, it's fucking nonstop. 
Like, I just want this shit to end. But, you know, it's just not going anywhere. It can't end because, like, this whole... You know, the, the thing about the vaccines, really, that we're into, you know, when you're talking about making it political, it's actually, I think it's a, I think it's just a spinoff of masks. Like, I think these people just dug their heels in about how, like, masks were, like, anti-freedom and whatever, and, like, all about control. By the way, I'm still waiting for orders from the people in control. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess they've been controlling me for, like, two years now with my masks and fucking you know the vaccine well, whatever I, I i've got no i've got no fucking marching orders from them yet but you know you know i think i think there's shade i think there's shades of things that are truthful at times but but you know it's it's not like for my take is like like i feel safe like i've been vaccinated so i feel safe do i have certain family members now who are wearing masks again around crowded areas yeah Dude, that's their prerogative. Like, I like you know what I'm saying? Or, or if I, am I seeing a lot more masks again at the grocery store? Yeah, like whatever. If people want to put on masks, cool. But like, I'm not, I'm not here to preach to anybody. I'm trying not to. Like, like you do what you think's best for you. Like, but I'm also just trying to live my fucking life. You know? Right. And that's and that's the problem. Is like, you know, the, this argument like my body, my choice. It's like, bro we're we like we've been going through this for years you know like the idea of trying to like be like gotcha on my body my choice it's like dude a woman's right to choose has no bearing on you whatsoever whatsoever but the idea of you choosing not to do something having a bearing on me or my nieces and nephews or whatever like the idea that like one of my family that are like small children get sick because you're a fucking dipshit and then it's like and and by the way the the my body my choice thing like think about this think about you know most of the people who are pro-choice are like very religious now you would think that they would just be like your body pro-life your pro you mean pro-life right are very religious you think they would be like your body your choice just so you know you're going to hell and leave it at that right you can't get into heaven if you get an abortion cool you can't get in the supermarket if you don't get a vaccine it's not that fucking hard it's the exact same fucking thing that we're talking about and 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 i know look there is just, again it's just such a like there's just so many and like, i said this the other day i said the uh, you know my favorite part about arguing is like people have come at me over thing i don't give a shit but when you come at me about this anti-mask, anti-vax thing, you're like, well, when I had COVID, here's what happened. I go, well, I didn't have COVID because I fucking wear a mask and I got vaccinated. So, like, I feel like you're just proving my fucking point. Well, look, and obviously you can still get COVID. Like, like at the end, at the end of the day, obviously you can still get COVID if you've been vaccinated. The, the whole point is that if you do get it, you're probably not going to be put in a hospital. But, but you, you know, you know, to me, an underlying thing through all this, and it's just never talked about, it's just, it's just the, the shitty health of our country in general, which is concerning. It's like, there, there's no doctors, there's no doctors out there talking about, we need to eat healthier. We need to exercise. There's nobody's talking about that. And I guess that's kind of a sidebar, but in a way it's not because if you're healthier and you do get COVID, you have a much better chance. That, that that's all I'll say. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to do certain things. Like I, my, my car AC went out and I did, it had to be in the shop for two days. 
and I hadn't been in a lift for a while and you got to wear a mask. It is what it is, dude. I had to put the mask. I didn't bitch. I fucking had to wear a That's mask. That's because they've days. already brainwashed you, Andy. They've already got control of you. Like, they, you know. Now they've got your chips at uh, not complain mode. So, like I said, I'm just trying to stick to to myself. I'm not. You guys do whatever you want to do. I'm, I'll try to take care of myself. And uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you, Andy. Guys, do whatever you want. Um, but I'm a comedian. And um, if if you don't, if you while doing whatever you want, stay the fuck away from my shows. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm just, I'm just like I said, I'm just like I'm just like mentally exhausted. From and by the way, shit. going back to McKay's question, I think uh, I think um, Jermaine O'Neal, who did not go to college. I think Jermaine O'Neal should become like a lawyer, like an arbitrator. <laughs> he's, he's so good in the uh, Pacers locker room of handling conflict between the, the lunatics on his team. I like. I thought Jermaine O'Neal was the person who came off best in the malice of the palace. Yeah, I agree. What about Steven Jackson? He didn't go to college, did he? I don't know. Was he straight to the NBA guy too? I felt like he was. Kevin Garnett should clearly major in uh, communications and become a motivational speaker. Anything is possible. Except Kevin Garnett getting into college. <laughs> I knew that was, I was like, here comes your Kevin Garnett SAT joke. <laughs> who are other, who are other like straight to the. Yeah. Steven Jackson road. didn't go. So he committed to Arizona. Wow. Speaking of, so this is what he did. He, uh, I didn't know this. He committed to Arizona. He was ruled academically ineligible due to his low. He's another Kevin Garnett at low SAT and ACT test scores. So then he went to Butler County Community College in El Dorado, Kansas for one semester, but did not play basketball. And uh, yeah, he's drafted in the second round. Who else didn't go? That's what I'm saying. That now we're basically limited to the NBA guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of baseball guys didn't, but hard to like know. Yeah. I don't know. Tracy McGrady. Um, I mean, obviously Amari Stoudemire should major in religious studies now that he's theology Jewish. Maybe maybe LeBron could take some African American studies. Yeah, because he he's so smart on it, right? Yeah, <laughs> As maybe, he, is, he does it. He does his homework like he always says. Maybe LeBron should go to college and be an Asian studies major because if he's going to talk about America, you better talk about fucking China. But wait, Le LeBron LeBron's social. Oh my god, these guys, dude, they got to just stop. Like, Maybe it would make LeBron able to weigh in on the long-standing like, Chinese lack of democracy if he's also going to say cops should not kill black people. Like, like LeBron, like, dude, you don't you don't need to tweet it when you see he wasn't voted. Did you see that? Yeah, I was like, dude, you you don't even like why? I listen. Just internalize it. Like, like, just but, just you don't you don't got. Like when I see that, I'm like, dude, you're you're 
by tweeting that to me, whether it's LeBron or Kevin Durant, any of these guys, it's like you're acknowledging that it bothered you. You're, you're too good. But that's, but that's kind of like the, that's the ultimate it's that's, it's why LeBron it's like why the LeBron Michael thing is like, people will never fucking like, just be reasonable. It's like, we did an entire six part documentary series about Michael Jordan getting offended by every person who would say any single thing about him and how that would motivate him to be better. And everybody was like, this is why Jordan's the goat because some guy in the wizards was like, good game, Mike. And he was like, I'll fucking end you. But LeBron's a bitch that none of the NBA GMs think he's the best player. in the league. I'm not calling him a bitch, but I'm just saying like, I'm saying you don't need to do that is what I'm saying. And, and he took that personally. <laughs> LeBron James. 310-359-8365. That is the we're hotline. We're in that LeBron James chain. So got a few more days with this thing. Is there people hiding in my laundry room right now spying on me? Making sure I'm wearing the L chain. I I need some Cincinnati area dirt balls to reach out to me. I need somebody to knock on the door. Ring the doorbell. No, I, I don't. Go, I don't sh- I, show up to the gym. I don't. I don't want dirt balls showing up. Watch you off. Get, check on you while you're out for a run. I want dirt balls showing up to the house. Although I did have a. Uh... What yoga class do you go to? We need to. We need a dirt ball. Going to yoga. Beachmont Racquetball Club. I'll give you that. Beachmont Racquet Club. Beachmont Racquetball Club. Are you a member of a racquetball club? Yeah, it's a full gym. They have. Uh, Do you play any racquetball? No. Racquetball's fun. Just yeah, but it, racquetball it, in college. It's called racquetball club. It's you know they have full tennis courts, racquetball, basketball court. They, they, you, you know, what I love you know what I love about my gym. They have a full bar, and uh, dude, I saw a guy the other day. You know, of course they have TVs all over. You know, they have a they have, actually they have Miller Light on tap. They have they have a full bar and. Uh, I mean, it's a not dude. This is where like quality of life is the other way where you're like, I'm basically, I'm basically, I basically belong to an equinox, but nicer. Right. right. And I run you a month. Take a guess. hundred dollars. 47. Wow. I mean, it's got everything state of the art. Right. And then if you like go and get a Miller light, which you won't because you don't drink. But if you did, if I were there and then Miller light, would it just like go on your tab and they would just charge you for it? Yeah. Or I could pay, but yeah, just goes on right. my tab. I mean, it's pretty awesome. You know, protein, yeah. like, like you name it. It's in, in classes, almost all the classes are included. Like my yoga is included in my membership. But I saw a guy the other day, the Reds were on. I couldn't stop laughing. Dude walks in. He's probably in his mid fifties. Walks in with his gym bag. You know, of course, there's a giant screen above the bar for the for whatever sports are on. He walks in. He plops right down. This is I'm leaving. He orders a beer. And he's watching the game, talking to one of the staff. And I'm thinking, like, does this dude tell his wife? He's hey, going I'm go- to the gym. I'm going to the gym. He goes yeah. right away, orders a beer. He's in the gym for like two hours, just drinking beer, watching the Reds game. Takes a shower, goes home. <laughs> Great workout. How many calories did you burn? Negative 600. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just saw that. And I was like, this, this guy's pretty awesome. 
Yeah. He 100% is telling his wife he's working out. And, and there are dudes who just sit because when you, it's a giant circular bar. And there's also tennis courts by it. Like you're overlooking the tennis courts yeah. are below. And I'll be honest this, with this, this, this is giving me a uh, nostalgia for the Sawmill River Club, which I was a member of when I was a kid. Man, it's the best. It's the best ever. Just have like a place you get food, booze, look over the tennis courts, basketball courts. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's, uh, life. I know the Bay, the Bay club here in Los Angeles. I think they're like $200 a month. Yeah. And then I got the my Equinox own Equinox is like 150. Yeah. And then I got my own locker with my nameplate on it. Yeah. That was an extra eight bucks a month, but whatever. Eight know. bucks a month. Not an $8 one time fee. Oh, the locker itself is an extra eight bucks. A yeah. Month. To put my last name on it. You know, it's a full locker. Yeah. Come on, you know, I don't want to be sharing. I don't want to be using random strangers locker, especially in these times. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they get you, Andy. That's how they get you. They get control of your brain and they take that $8 a month because you're, you're living in fear, living in fear, sharing a locker. Used to share underwear as a kid. Now you're afraid to share a locker. Eight bucks. Give it to me. Fear police, fear police tax. Who are, who are you? (laughs) Who's this person? I'm Sam Tripoli. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. Drop a podcast review on Apple and leave your Twitter or Instagram handle, and I will reach out to you and send you two koozies. Follow me at Andy Ruther. Follow me at Joe Prane on all social media, except for <laughs> Twitter at Fix Your Life. Lots of shows in Los Angeles this weekend. Uh, the Improv at, at 8 tomorrow night, Friday. Um, the West Side Comedy Theater uh, Saturday at 10. Um, got a bunch of shows in September up and down the coast, San Diego, Santa Barbara, a variety of areas. And then also beginning of October, House Comedy New Orleans. Uh, it's going to be, I'm like, I've, I haven't been this excited for a comedy weekend in forever. Great city, great new club. Giants at Saints. If you're in the area, come down. Great, great food. Great, great food. Great pick six from Jameis. Yeah. You know, but the whole thing. How many shows do you have? Uh, four shows. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. We, we could have a potential fun, like, uh, four is a lot. I'll say over under like shows versus Jameis Winston interceptions. Yeah. Potential before again, four would be a lot. Four would be a lot, but he's done it before. <laughs> yeah, don't challenge him. Standing ovations versus Jameis interceptions. That's a good one. Standing ovations. Wow. Setting the bar high. Well, I'm just saying, you know. Okay. Well, uh, that is our show, guys. We're wrapping up August. Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay. Dirty.